I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. All righty, let's start the show off, okay? Uh, for the past hour and a half, it's been uh, you and me here sitting next to each other hearing the word fight repeated over and over and over in a montage of uh, Democrats using the word. That was one of the tactics employed uh, just this morning by by the former President Donald Trump's uh, legal defense team as they uh, brought the case uh, on behalf of the president. Much of the focus was, of course, on uh, protected speech, specifically political speech. Uh, the claim there that all of it must be protected. We heard from uh, a pair of the president's attorneys this morning, one of them, uh, a newcomer to the show. He wasn't part of the constitutionality debate, which took place earlier this week. Uh, but to kick off things in the uh, in the real defense phase was attorney Michael Vanderveen. Uh, he gave the first of three uh, portions of the opening remarks. He then came back and gave the third uh, portion uh, sandwiched in between his two, uh, two, two stops at the microphone was an attorney from whom we have heard already this week, attorney David Schoen. And uh, you will, if you were listening along, you'll remember that much of uh, attorney Schoen's, Mr. Schoen's uh, presentation uh, hinged on uh, political speech. And there were videos employed by uh, actually both of the attorneys working on behalf of the president in the opening remarks that used the word fight over and over and over. In fact, as we were here in the in the newsroom and also as I was monitoring the, the text messages coming in, uh, many folks couldn't help but point out, uh, it sounds like that cartoon from uh, The Simpsons, uh, Itchy and Scratchy, fight, 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 fight. Yeah, the, uh, the Itchy and Impeachment show is what we heard earlier today. And here's just a, a, a trivial little observation I made. Uh, as I heard that uh, being played, as I heard that montage of both uh, Democrats and the president, uh, if you were listening there towards the end, uh, one of the reasons this word fight was uh, focused on by the defense team was that the president used it on uh, some 22 occasions during the rally, which uh, which preceded the uh, the the riots at the United States Capitol and the invasion of that building. Uh, the, they were comparing his use of the word fight there to uh, the very common usage of that very same phrase amongst Democrats uh, as they you know speak out politically in speeches from the floor of either the House or the Senate or wherever they may find themselves uh, communicating, uh, simply pointing out that the word fight, number one, is a pretty universally used term, and number two, that as it has been uh, protected, we'll say, after being used by Democrats, so too should it be protected uh, when the president used it in that rally. That That's the point being made. But anyway, back to the tactic used, the montage. I, I lost count. I, I lost count at about 25 or 30 
uh, instances of the of the word fight being used. And it was just it was bam, 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 bam. If you, if you were listening, uh, you knew it was almost it, it was difficult to to stay focused because you got so hung up on that word fight. Uh, an interesting phenomenon transpired in, in my mind. And it's something you, you have probably experienced yourself in life, but maybe never were able to put a term to it. And it's this idea that if you are to use a word yourself or hear it repeatedly, that somehow along the way your brain will uh, like, like lose its, its recollection of the definition of that word. The word you use over and over and over will lose meaning somehow. And in your mind and in your ears, it will somehow just become uh, you know, a collection of sounds. That happened a little bit to me today as I was listening. And guess what? There's a term for that phenomenon. There's a term. I'll, I'll give you a second. I'll tell you what. Uh, if you know the term, 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you just a moment uh, to get out the phone and uh, type in there. If you know the term to describe the psychological phenomenon where you hear a word or use a word repeated over and over, and then your mind loses uh, a concept of the definition of that word. It then instead reverting to just a collection of sounds. Uh, all right, uh, I've given you enough time. The The term which describes, oh, there's a, t- oh, what do we have? Did someone get it? Ooh, not quite. Uh, the, the term to describe this psychological phenomenon is semantic satiation. Semantic satiation is the phenomenon. Who knew that? Who knew there was a term for that? I, I half learned that years ago. I did have to do a little bit of googling during the fight section of the defense's time at the microphone to remind me of the name. Uh, but uh, semantic satiation, <laughs> the, the name, the term which describes a psychological phenomenon in which repetition causes a word or phrase to temporarily lose meaning. Anyway, uh, just a fun little observation. Uh, in addition. I do want to bring you up to speed on where things stand right now in terms of the timeline of events. Uh, As we listened over the past hour and a half or so, uh, you were hearing opening statements from the defense team. Those all transpired earlier today uh, because we had earlier in the week aired the uh, total of the impeachment manager's opening statements. I wanted to be sure that during my program we were able to uh, make that even and deliver to you exactly uh, the, the the same deal. We wanted uh, both sides to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, uncut and uninterrupted uh, deliver their message, not only to the senators gathered in the chamber right now, but also uh, to you. Well, fast forward now to real time. What is happening right now? The defense has rested. The defense has made its case in its entirety, and they have moved on to the next phase of the impeachment trial, which is the Q&A period. Yeah, turns out there's a Q&A period. Yeah, and uh, in this Q&A period, the the way it works is it's it's fascinating in its rudimentary nature. The the each and every senator is given a stack of what pretty much looks like index cards. It's a little card, uh, yellow in color, uh, on it there at the top, the 117th Congress, first session, United States Senate impeachment trial. Very officially uh, laid out uh, letterhead. There is the seal of the United States uh, Senate on the upper left, and then there is a line for each senator to write their name and then indicate for whom the question is directed, either the uh, counsel defending the former president or the House managers looking to prosecute. And then... Just like in elementary school, when you would fill out an index card, you'd have uh, line after line after line where you scroll down your text 
and then sign it there at the bottom. Each senator is able to, as many as they'd like, for all I know, uh, fill out these cards, put put the questions uh, there on them, and then submit them ultimately to uh, Senator Patrick Leahy, who is presiding over uh, this trial. Well, I have in my hands here, I have the list of the questions that Senator Romney intends to ask. Uh, five of them uh, thus far. One of them has uh, been asked already. And what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. When we return, I'll share with you the question Senator Romney asked, and I will play for you in its entirety, about three minutes long, uh, the response given to him uh, by those uh, speaking on the floor of the United States Senate today. We are on the eve We are on the eve, most likely, of the end of the second impeachment trial against former President Donald Trump. Q&A taking place right now. Likely a vote tomorrow. What did Senator Romney ask? I'll tell you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.